Ideas and perspectives are two words that lead the conversations that happen here at New Light Network. Listen in on the variety of individuals that sit at this table and see what you can pick up. This podcast is a production of Golden Duck Studios, done in partnership with Home on Jarvis. May 3rd and May 4th are memorable dates in the minds of the 2022 graduating class of film students in Toronto Metropolitan University. Now these dates were on which the Image Arts Film Festival happened. The films that we tirelessly worked on during our fourth years were screened as part of the festival at the iconic Cinesphere at Ontario Place, which is also the first IMAX screen in the world. The festival it had it had never been imagined this way and it was always within the confines of campus. Uh but until this year it reached it reached new heights and uh, it was really memorable for all of us. uh to see our films on the big screen like that. And on today's episode, I sat down with Lena Lee, who was not only my batchmate that I went to film school with for these 4 years, but also the co-chair of the Image Arts Film Festival. I took a lot away from our conversation and uh, be it about teamwork, leadership or achieving a vision most importantly. and the way lena talks about her experiences with the festival can really be valuable for someone looking to achieve a vision on their own or even for future festival teams uh to really use this conversation as an instruction manual uh to know how to go about things or really any organization or team for that matter so uh without further ado let's uh, jump into this episode and uh welcome to another episode of new light network good i i like um interviews and like podcasts or even interviewing people for like documentaries because yeah. it's like a time you block off with no distractions because you're like serving an audience mm-hmm. so both the interviewer and the interviewee and here we have the producer <laughs> are all very present yeah because we're here like very in the moment and we choose the words we say and it just it's very special because it's it is a very present type of conversation that's very special exactly you couldn't have said that better tanasha yeah. you said oh no that that was when she was still um referring to the festival i was like i attended i had the honor of attending it was yes it he was, was there nice. i was there on the second night and i was like this is very it was very nice like end of which it shows like what people can actually achieve especially obviously this is only like your first step towards something even greater but I'm like wow these people are going to do some amazing things in the future. Thank you so much Tanashi. <laughs> so Lena um you recently graduated right? Mhm. How's that exciting? What what's what what's in stock for you now? I'm pretty ex- it's pretty exciting but people asked me after our graduation last week how I felt. I didn't really feel anything because with the pandemic it feels like we've always been like graduated for the past 2 years almost because school has been remote. Um I'm freelance producing. Actually what's coming up next is I'm going on a big European voyage <laughs> like next week for 6 mm-hmm. weeks. So and I get to work on a farm in Spain. Ooh. And I get to like go to really cool cities like Berlin and Amsterdam and Copenhagen. but this is not film related this is just something you're doing by yourself yeah yeah my goal is to not work in film at all this summer but i have failed just to like give yourself a big like break space sort of figure things out yeah for sure i mean 
the goal was to like not do anything until September. And then once I come back from my trip, I can like fully immerse myself and then like work or do whatever I want, but to not work in film because after thesis year, well, during thesis year, I basically also basically worked full time while directing my own film and then producing another film and then helping ADing on other films. So the goal was to not service for a while and just like collect myself because how can we make films if we don't live and like have experience to then make films about. So that was my goal. But I am currently producing a short film and we're shooting end of August. So I'm trying to do the most of pre-production I can before I leave for my trip and then take my trip and then come back, we shoot. So oh. I have failed. <laughs> but I love, I love that you said that, you know, you need to go through the experiences to be a good filmmaker because anyone can learn how to operate a camera at the end of the day. But it's what you've been through, the perspectives you pick up and everything that serves into the nuances that you put into your film, mm-hmm. then that makes an impact on people. So, and for me, right, you've like, I would say this is like one of a kind conversation because I've not sat down with someone who's had the four years like the same shared experience that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we both experienced it probably in very different ways. Mm-hmm. But um, in my mind, it's good that, you know, you've been through, I know what you've been through in the four, like in the four years, mm-hmm. at least to some extent. Now, before we get into all that, I want to ask you why film? Like why, why, which is why film? Mm-hmm. I guess it's more so like why study film, right? Because we've only just scratched the surface of what like film and the film industry is. Uh, I studied business before I studied film. I went to Western University and I dropped out after less than two years. Well, I thought I was just taking a break, but I ended up never going back. And it was in my gap semester that I applied to film school as a backup. It was just like, not really plan B, really plan A in my heart, but I didn't think it was conventional enough. So I applied to Ryerson as a backup for a film school and ended up, I get it, got in and then I did a workshop. I've always enjoyed film, don't get me wrong. I actually went through art school in high school and I was a film major in high school. Um, and But going into university, I didn't think I would do something in the arts at all. I just thought I would like study business and follow the conventional path. Like in a corporate sort of a nine-to-five environment? Uh, I guess so, yeah, but always to be an entrepreneur because my dad is an entrepreneur. I just always fo- thought I would follow his footstep. So then I did a workshop in the summer of my gap semester and I used that film workshop to make the decision for me. It's with this film festival called Real Asian and every summer they have this program called Unsung Voices and it teaches aspiring filmmakers who never really had the resources to explore filmmaking from the beginning. They would teach us how to screenwrite, how to like, even like how to brainstorm ideas, how to write, how to direct, how to cast, how to edit. And then eventually we got the screen into Flybox. So then I used this experience to decide for me. I thought if I could wake up at 5 a.m. and work for like 15 hours straight and not dread it, then I could probably go to film school and not hate it. But if I hate this experience, then I'll go back to business school and I won't complain about it anymore. So then I loved the experience. It was really awesome. I I felt 
like fueled by a lot of passion and also I think like people's passion fuel each other it's like we are it's it's like a uh, how do I describe like an energetic exchange when you're surrounded by people that are also trying this thing out and just really excited you just get more and more excited and there's no black and white answers versus like for example how my film goes how I edit the film it's just to make a final product at the end versus when I was in business school all of the answers were black and white if anything like a lot of my exams were scantron exams especially like I remember sitting in this organizational behavior class and I didn't care about anything I was learning I was purely studying so I can do the midterm in two weeks Versus now that I'm studying film, sitting in film classes over the past few years, well, really the first and second year before COVID happened, uh, I remember just like really wanting to soak up everything the prof is saying, even like editing shortcuts or like how to create a story, the arc, the character. And I would be annoyed if people like talk a lot in class because like I, I genuinely want to listen. So yeah, for me, it's it, it, it makes my heart smile to be like creative, yeah. It's more like filled with purpose compared to when you were in business school, you were like, no, this, this is just about the grades, but there's a subjectivity that comes with film that you were like, you know what, I can tell stories here. Um, but what about the film medium that drew, drew you to it? Like, you know, it could have been photography, it could have been any sort of other mm. creative, um, outlet what about film it's because my purpose in life is human connection okay i had a life coach a few years ago and then one of our first sessions she asked me what is your purpose in life and i didn't know but she's like okay that's your homework you can go back and think about it and the more i thought about it the more it is human connection it's how i connect with people during my day-to-day life it goes to like the smallest interactions all the way to like in a bigger scope of how my films can connect people and impact people and like connect people together because they might feel seen from the stuff I've made or my goal really is yes to connect my audience or simply to make one feel less alienated so by creating films even just about the mundane human experiences or not even the mundane human experience, like the mundane like human emotions that are extracted from everyday experiences that we all share, even if we all live through different life experiences, we are very similar. So if one person just they feel like less alienated, then like I've done my job by like connecting people. So really like I think film is a very, 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 very powerful tool to connect people whether that's like literally the final product that you've made that's like up on the internet or like one day on a big silver screen or the act of working on a film set and like the collaboration that happens even before a film set as well in pre-production because like I love it when like the creative juice is flowing and we're just talking about ideas the bigger the better because like we can make it happen yeah and leading into why I brought that up is Image Arts Film Festival. And can I just say that you've set the benchmark for what needs to be done. You know, Toronto is such a, it's a film city. 
there's 90 of us that get chosen out of like 1,500 people that apply. And we're powerful people and we know that we can do things and we can make things happen. And the fact that you've shifted that culture in the film festival team and you've made it, you're showing people that, you know what, it can be this. And I think that's a great testament to like what can we can achieve as a community, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know more about that. Like, where did that start? Uh, the, you know, the film festival, just, the, you know, the whole story, like the trajectory. How was that? Where did it start and how did it go? It almost in my mind was it was just like supposed to be that way. But like, yes, it was a smashing success. It was. And we are very proud of it. Um Ruff was the name before Ryerson University Film Festival. I yes. never attended Ruff. Okay. Not even like even for like the third year you never attended. Oh, the third year I did because I actually was recruited to be a part of Ruff. Okay. They reached out to me because they needed. I was headhunted. They needed another sponsorship person because it's like no one wanted to do sponsorships, and their team wasn't that big as well. So then. I knew some fourth years because of all these like side short films I've been helping on. So I worked on a lot of thesis film when I was in like first and second year. And they like reached out to me to ask like, hey Lena, like do you want to be our sponsorship person? So then I committed and then I did the sponsorships for them. And then I attended the online uh, rough when we were in third year, which Matt was also, my co-chair Matthew Downs was Matthew also Downs. a part of. Yeah, shout out to him. <laughs> shout out to Matt. He just texted me like while my walk here, so maybe <laughs> it's serendipitous. Um, so I had, I guess, how I really first started was because I was already part of Rough when we were in third year, and I saw all the things that it could improve. But obviously, that team had a lot of obstacles because it was during COVID and their festival was online so all their meetings had to also be online compounded with again isolation the pandemic and already like the lack of community there was so like it really like the team did its best and put on a pretty solid like program and to use this really fancy platform I think called Shift72 that Mm -hmm. TIFF also uses and it flowed pretty well. But being a part of that team, even just from the standpoint of communication, I knew there are things that I could do to make it better and to foster community. Like, But yeah, great job to the team. They really did a great job considering the circumstances, but I just knew we could take what they already had and bring it to not just like one level up, like many, many levels up. So then it comes comes forth comes fourth year I knew I wanted to run for co-chair and I talked to Matt about it because Matt had reached out to me like way earlier on summer for me to produce this thesis film which I was like apprehensive because I wanted to also do my own film turns out I just did both yeah and I told him I wanted to co-chair and he said me too because both of us were in the previous rough team and we knew things that could change for the better. So we both decided to team up together and run for co-chair, but turns out you don't actually need to run for it because no one else wants to do it. <laughs> like we asked, we messaged our professor, James Warwick, like if we can 
be the co-chair and he said if no one else is up for it like there you go which is like something funny that I said in the beginning of my speech at our film festival people asked me how I got this leadership role to be standing in front of everyone and speak right now like nothing all I had to do was ask because no one wanted to do it because it's like it's really hard work and also because the festival wasn't extremely engaging for the lower years when we were in our lower years right i'm not just saying that one for my you're not just saying that and yeah the whole presence of it the whole marketing it just had more presence in our year yes for sure right because like it seemed like it was an event that fourth year graduating students would go to and their aunt and uncle and parents grandparents would go to because they love them but in terms of actual lower years of the same school that will eventually become fourth year and run the festival and have their films in the final thesis showcase, there wasn't a lot of like engagement from that end. I know some people go because some people also work on these thesis films, but definitely not like majority by popularity. So um, I don't even know where to start because and just just a button over here and yeah. you, you know you're listening at home or wherever you are and if you don't know uh, the image arts film festival happened on the May 3rd and 4th and it happened at the Cinesphere which is the first IMAX screen in the world right and uh, that's a that's a pretty big deal and I'm also we're sitting in front of a copy of a newspaper in which uh, there's an article about this uh, in which I think you know Lena and Matthew had given uh, you guys had given an interview and um, it, it just became like a pinnacle event in, 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 in the recent past. Because I know what students are capable of doing if we all work together. Like, I know what a community is capable of doing if we all, like, really give in our all and do something. When I went to Western, I was a part of this fashion show called Kaisa Fashion Show, which then later one of my best friend, Prashir, ran as the executive director. And we both started there together when we were in first year. The festival is ext- the sorry the fashion show is extremely successful. It's the largest student run fashion show in Canada, and they raise like about fifty thousand dollars every year, and then it's donated to the Children's Health Foundation in London, Ontario. And there's like uh, sixty executive members that are like people like myself, who I worked as a videographer behind the scene, and then sixty models, who then we all collaborate together like 120 people to put on this fashion show that's sold out every year like 1200 seats i was only involved in it for like two years but it was the highlight of my western experience and like the one thing i missed the most and actually frankly like the thing i missed the most after i like left school for the semester was the tuesday night meetings because i knew what i did for people like it, it like like a lot of my like first and closest friends from western to this day are from the fashion show so i modeled our film festival after the fashion show that i was part of because that fashion show showed me what a group of dedicated young people are capable of doing together so the first thing we did with the film festival was to completely alter the infrastructure of the team uh, as in like the the members we have and the roles they need to do because Matt and I were in it before and it just it, it didn't really work there wasn't a direct like 
communication chain. Mm -hmm. And it's not about hierarchy. It's, oh, I just cracked my knuckle. Mm -hmm. It's not about hierarchy. It's about like knowing who you're, who to report to, and then having a coacher on top to like oversee everything. Because before, for me, as the sponsorship person in third year, I've always wanted to ask questions to people, but I can only ask the coaches who are already spread so thin because everyone asks them questions. So compared to the before, maybe it was like 12 people or like 15 max, but some people dropped out in the previous year. We added 25 members and we made all the members into five different departments. We had programming team, sponsorships team, events team, marketing team, media team, alongside with my leadership team, which had us two co-chairs, finance, and also our secretary. Whereas in the past, it was like one person for each of these departments? Uh, it wasn't necessarily one. It could be two. Okay. But it wasn't like this vertical integration. Fair enough. And for me, it's all about systems because systems make everything work. So we completely restructured the team. And by then we had an info session, which was the first time, I think one of the first times a club at Ryerson, I at least I've heard of had had an info session for like any general, any members that want to join. And that was a good turnout. We probably had like 35 people so compared to like IMA standard, that's like a lot of people it is, <laughs> that it is. showed up to our like virtual info info session. But I also, knowing that our fellow classmates aren't all used to extracurriculars or like being involved at the school, I headhunted a lot of people. I was like, you should join this. This is something I'm doing. And I, f I reached out to people for like specific roles they're doing. So then at the info session, and then we actually put out an application it's like a legit Google form application because that's something that we, I had to do at Ryerson. I mean, sorry, that's something I had to do at Western. Like you didn't just get the thing you wanted. There was a healthy amount of competition. So we had put out an application and then we had a good amount of like ap applicants. And then based on their answers, we've plotted them in in their best fitted roles. So then, right, okay. so they didn't apply for one position. No, they did, and then they, they put in their top three roles because I had a breakdown of what every single role was. Okay. And their job description. So there were people, let's say, who applied. Just to give an example, applied, let's say, for marketing, but you're like, no, but you fit better in events, and then you put them in that department. Is mm -hmm. that but they would like have maybe happened? had events, and that's their second choice. As their, what is there? Was there a place where like you fit none of these three? You go here, sort of situation. No, I don't think so. I wanted to give people like what they wanted, what they wanted? Okay. because the thing about like managing a team is that you want people to be good at their job and actually enjoy the job that they're doing. So then they put in their all and actually do a good job rather than feeling like the job is an obligation that they have to fulfill and dread the job and then dread the team and then like than dread the leaders. Yeah, just net net, it doesn't work out. At no. The end. Yeah, fair enough. No, not at all. I wanted yes. people to have fun. And then something that I also knew we needed to do is the consistency of meetings. That's also the, my part of my system. Systems, yes, of course. Of course. So every Monday, because we, so I had five, we had five directors. Every Monday, Matt and I will spearhead a directors only meeting with our secretary. Every Monday night, we must have had over like third. 30 meetings just with directors 
um, because we have like the amount of PDFs we have <laughs> for the meeting notes. Um, and 7 p.m. virtually on Google Meet, we will meet us and the directors. We will talk about what their teams have been working on because they all have people working under them as our like actual team members. What they worked on. Directors in the sense like the directors of each department. Yes. Okay. So I have five departments and five directors plus our secretaries, Lorenza and Matt and I, two co-chairs. Mm-hmm. And then Annalie, the, the finance director, sometimes popped in and out. Um, so then we would talk about what their team has achieved over this past week, what they hope to do, because they are the ones telling me what they hope to do. So they're better achieve that goal because they're the one telling me and then Matthew and I would tell them like our thoughts and our vision and like assigned tasks and action items and then every Wednesday our entire team would meet in person people have asked me when we have in-person meetings hey can it also be virtual like I would say no because you committed to be on this team it makes a big difference that everyone shows up but obviously there are times during thesis season that like things are busy and I, but I have meetings when only like eight people show up, but we still put on a show. Like Matt and I, all, we would alternate. We had a slide deck prepared for every single like general meeting. So like those are like just like one of the examples that we put in, and then it will have an overview of what each team has done and the action item each team had to do. So by us putting in all this care. And energy and that like passion, I really think it like influenced the team members and our friends who are now our, really like our friends to also put in their whole. And then by doing this, like we co- we created a community because we also had a lot of like I really believe in like socializing and having social events and partying with the team. So we also had a lot of internal social events. We had karaoke nights. We had um board game nights we had karaoke nights that's just like internal team alone and then on a bigger scope every month each department was responsible for one fundraiser then they went on to host we had a trivia night we had a arcade bar night we had other nights that like also was acted as fundraisers that was for open to the mostly for like the ima student community at large and those events like really sold the actual final film festival for us because like we had over like a hundred students show up on average it's like 80 to 100 and sometimes like less and a lot of lower years showed up and I was so excited to see them because like these are the events that I always wish we had Mm -hmm. when we were lower but we never had we're stepping into leadership territory over here and you know you talk about uh, systems a lot systems so I've Maybe not on the podcast, but I keep talking about systems versus sentiments. Uh, when you run a team based on sentiments, it, it doesn't work. I've tried that before. Uh, it's it, I've sort of mistaken it for, you know what, I'm putting the trust in my teammates. But really what I was doing is relying on sentiments. Like, they'd show up. I mean, my dad has always taught me system is really important. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really see myself as a systematic person until more so recently. Um let me let me ask something here so you know this is a two-part question so you had obviously you had point a and you had a vision and you knew you wanted to get to point b right and me i'm just asking from your experiences i don't know if you're a natural born leader 
or if it was maybe you learned from your experiences from that fashion show at West uh, Western. Um, but like when you stepped into this into this leadership role, you kind of knew how to get there, um, or how did you implement this leadership style? Because for you, it worked out uh, fantastic, right? Was it something that you gained over the last three years, or are you just a natural born leader, or you just knew how to get things done? First of all, thank you for the kind words. <laughs> also, before before this, right, I just want to preface this by saying I'm I consider myself fairly new to leadership. I I'm no, you know, I'm not the guy who goes around saying like, oh, look at me how good leader I am. No, I I. I think I know like 0.01% about leadership and I'm just trying to pick up all these perspectives and I've made so many mistakes in the past uh, two years whether it be with like the course union role or like even with this podcast for that matter and I've, I've made mistake after mistake and I've learned from it but um, you know it's just, just that now, leadership is something that I've been trying to get better at. You both I mean you sound very humble and like it makes me feel very like at ease to share because I don't identify as like a really good leader if anything I'm just a young leader but ever since I was six I was always the class rep in my class or like the grade grades rep since I was in grade one and I did school in China from grade one to grade four which is like a lot more regimented than school here in Canada a lot more structured and I learned a lot about leadership in this role. I would say running, co-leading with Matthew, my co-chair, the Image Arts Film Festival has been one of the most fruitful experience of my life, if not the most, because of how much I learned and gained through this experience about leadership, about communication, about interpersonal skills, and just like how to like execute and like how to be patient even. I I do think that there's such a fine line between good leadership and like micromanagement if I'm just going broad because as a good leader, obviously you want to know what everything is, what is happening and the kind of be on, tr- on top and tracking all the progress. But at the same time, it does require a lot of trust in your team to know that um, they are capable to do their job. You don't need to do their job for them and to delegate. Oh my God, to delegate is like one of the hardest thing because I often want to do things myself, especially before even this year, because I trust myself and sometimes I know that I can do things really quick. And you're in control at that point, so it's much easier. And to possibly do it better than other people. (laughs) But if I am leading a group of people and I have to oversee 20 like aside from me, like there's more than 20 people on their individual task. I cannot do everything for everyone because by doing that, I'm spreading myself thin and not being a good leader. If anything, I could be here to give feedback. So like it was a really, really difficult journey, really running the festival this year. On the outside, it's all glamorous and it's all like the final result. And even for a lot of the students in our year, 
who got to taste the fruit of our labor. It was very sweet. And it was very sweet for me as well to like celebrate all of the thesis films, but it, it really was like my top priority this year above all of my other like commitments. So there was a lot of times like also like another fine line is like do I want to be their friend or do I want to be it's like the extremes are like you want to be a friend or you want to be a dictator <laughs> and I don't want to be a, a dictator yeah. but I'm also not like smiley friendly like haha that's okay nice, if you didn't do it like a nice person you're kind but you're not No, I, I think I'm nice as well. I'm understanding because I know things go wrong, but I'm firm. If there's something you said you were going to do, like, you need to do it. And actually, one secret of something we did to really, like, kickstart and propel this. I hope this is interesting. Like, I hope this, this is, is the content that you hope to get. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Of okay. course. Um... Something that I did, Matt and I did together, that I really am proud of. One thing I'm really proud of is our social events throughout the year because I think that really like upped the morale. Yeah, the, the turnout was great. I was seeing everything. Yes. yes. And second thing I am really proud of is that the moment we selected our teams and the different departments and we plotted people and their different teams, the five teams, right? Um, we had marketing, media, events programming and sponsorships some teams bigger than the others um, they all had their director and ever after the first meeting during the first meeting we told them on the second meeting when you guys come instead of us giving you a presentation you will be giving us a presentation you're going to show us exactly how you hope this year will be for your team and the vision you have and the goals you have that you hope to achieve by the end of the year that leads us to a successful film festival. The one thing we told them is that we know that our mission statement that Matt and I came up together with is to create an unforgettable experience. It's like, that is our goal. Now take that, sorry, that is our mission. Now take that mission and see how your specific department can help us achieve that. So they came up with their own ideas. We just gave like guidelines. Obviously I had a lot of ideas on my own too, but I didn't really, I just shared the overall like vision. Okay, but you never imposed anything on them. No, we give action items, but like the second meeting, I wanted to hear their vision because like they come up with their vision and they are the ones that are going to achieve it. We are here for support and overseeing the process. So, yeah, they they all gave a presentation and a slide deck, and by then they know like what we expect in a slide deck because Matt and I have shown them what we ex what we expect of ourselves, and they all had like their goals and what they hope to achieve. For example, for marketing, they said that they will be creating video content like TikTok like videos, which they did a few of, and they one of my my thing that I just like said out loud was like it'd be really cool if we have a billboard. Previous years have had billboards before, but it's really cool if we can also have done that square billboard, and we did that. And then even with our PR, which falls under marketing, we said if we can get newspaper publications to market 
our、um, film festival leads up. That would be really cool. So these are all ideas that we may come true.、And、here you are, right, with the newspaper and the Toronto Star. And then we also talked about like even like for events, like the venues we hope to get. Just by default, it has always been Ryerson Theater, but by coincidence, it was under construction this year, so we can't use it. And we thought, okay, let's. Our goal, we didn't know which theater. We just thought a really, really nice theater.、Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like these are things that their teams presented to us, and then we then added ideas to it. Yeah, just to complete the narrative there, the theater ended up being the Cinesphere, which、yeah. I think I mentioned earlier. But yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah. yeah, very nice theater. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely like a dream come true. That was like one of the things that we really fought for. Um, so yeah, that to have. Their teams feel like they have autonomy and freedom and creativity to reach the common vision has been proven to really work because then we work together to get those goals. And obviously, you asked me if we impose. I don't think impose is the right word. We definitely add and give feedback. Yeah. Or like think what wouldn't work, what should work. Da 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 da. Like for example, I have always. Such an example of something I would say no to is, if it's a really costly fundraiser that we need to buy some stuff or pay money to rent a space, I would immediately say no. I say the purpose of the social event, first of all, is a social event to bring community together. But second of all, for us to make money to fundraise, to fund the film festival, and to also give next year some money left in the bank. So if we were to have to hustle to break even, then that's not a fundraiser to begin with. We need to start with like zero cost. So those are like things that I would say, and I guess that's also some things that like my soft business skills come to help.、Oh, yeah, I was, I was literally about to say that her t- two years of business or one year of business. <laughs> it was useful at the end of the day. Yep. And、uh, I mean that's not to take from take away from any experience. It is useful. It's just what you make of it. But、um, now, because I wondered about this, and I'm pretty sure even you have, is what is the future of the festival?、Mm-hmm. This is, are they gonna go back to the Cinesphere next year, or how is it gonna be? I don't know. I think the next year has their have now their own freedom, and their own creativity, and their own autonomy to like make it the vision of what they want. Obviously, there's part of me that wishes like I had. I I will help them if they need help, but just based on the fact that many third years that are going to fourth years have reached out to me to ask how to be a part of the film festival, like I think by that in its own, I've already achieved my goal, because like I said earlier, before it seemed like not a lot of people wanted to be a part of the film festival team, so we made it something kind of cool, and. Sometimes, like that's what you need, right? To like have a engagement.、Um, so I don't know if it will be at the Cinesphere or another theater. I hope they have their own take, but at the same time, make it better than what we created. Like elevate it more to learn from our mistakes. Because this year, we can literally pass along like all the things that we had to figure out ourselves because we were kind of thrown in the dark. With everything, how to book anything. Especially the bar with, has been raised. The bar has been、Thanks. raised, and、uh, um, yeah, I hope they raise it even more. 
and I'm sure they have the opportunity to do that. I want to talk about the industry a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm an international student. I'm not. Yeah. I'm very new to this country. And um, oh, before you do it, yes. is it okay if I add on to like the I guess the innovations we added to the film festival for the people that are listening? Yeah, because we just talked about leadership a lot, but I also want to address like crushing status quo and like not just following traditions okay. because we crushed a lot of traditions by this year's film festival so like beyond cinesphere i really thought beyond the and beyond the internal team community we can build we can also create a lot of opportunities for the students that attend the film festival the film festival for the two days mm -hmm. because i knew like this film festival was capable of doing that for the students so Aside from the traditional two-night screenings, which has always happened at the Ryerson Film Festival, we added two full days of master classes. Yes. So during the day, we had uh, eight panels in total uh, with um, Toronto film industry professionals, filmmakers, producers, directors, writers that came in to speak with the students about their career. And we had students moderate those panels. So that's one thing we added. And we thought to engage the lower years, the first to third years, we also added daytime film festival programs. So the first to third years can also apply, and not apply, submit their films that they made in film school or anywhere to the film festival to be play, pay, played in our like daytime events. So this film festival really is not just two night screenings for the thesis films graduating student. It's for like the entire community. And that's something that the third thing that I am really proud of. It's to like really like make it like a, our, our goal. We kept joking, but we really mean it is to make it like a real film festival and like italicize the real because real film festivals aren't just night screenings. They're like full day industry events, master classes, networking events, and then there's screenings here and there and different kinds of programming. So yeah, like, um, and I also thought like we really wanted this film festival to be a launching pad to film students' future career in the industry. And by doing that, we also had a lot of industry people that actually came to our film festival. To the actual screenings, yeah. right on 3rd and 4th of May? Yes. Okay. So they came and they saw student films. Were and they, they were... invited or were they, they just... They oh, were they, like, were invited. they were invited. We like gave them comp tickets. Good. Okay. So that was also one of our PR initiatives, which was really successful because like some filmmakers were reached out after. So like, yeah, like, and also like there's like a disconnect between the industry and like young emerging artists filmmakers because like they actually want to know like, young talent and obviously young talent want to have more resources and opportunities but there's that disconnect so like when we reached out to the uh, production companies a lot of them are really excited and they're like yeah we'll be there because they want to see new talent and obviously the students are excited too because they're like oh there's important people here so so we always do this thing called call to action at the end of each of our episodes mm -hmm. just like you know, s summarize 
you know, very simple words like what we discussed and everything. Mm-hmm. My thing is, you know, you've you've always been this person who stood out to me in our program. Look, I like I genuinely mean all this, but like when I think of like people in our program, I'm like okay, she's always been this person who's like, no, 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 I need to like up this. I need to get this to the next level. You know, I know that you know you've gone to like Italy to make films. You know, I've seen the New Yorker film that you made. Uh, have you eaten? I've seen that. And um, why is it important to set such a high standard for yourself, or why do you do that? And that's that's sort of the call to action because I know people out there have the potential to do it, but they don't. But why should you? I don't actually have a lot of pressure from my parents. Really, it seems like maybe like a lot of Asian kids do, but I don't actually have that much pressure from my parents. I but I give myself a lot of pressure, and that pressure sometimes is a lot. And sometimes it's not that healthy, but I think I'm at a pretty like good place with myself as my friend right now. But so I would say I've been given a lot already, and sometimes I I have often thought about like if I wasn't my father's biological daughter, then I would have been born maybe in the rural countryside of China, maybe like in the province of Sichuan in the mountains. Where there's really not a lot, so maybe I wouldn't have been able to like see the bigger towns or even the city or like never mind Canada. But for me, by default, because I was so blessed and so lucky and fortunate to be born as my parents' daughter, so by default I came to Canada at a very young age. And born in the city and have all of these like opportunities. Canada is like truly like we are such like it's such like a developed country there's a lot of opportunities around us and like a lot of like even like free opportunities so if I'm already so lucky that means I need to work harder to like seize my luck and not like let the luck slip through my fingers because so which is why I continue to like work hard and get know myself better and also like fully experience life and like really like seize my own potential because or else I'm just letting it go. I love that. I love that. There you go. That's your call to action. <laughs> Most of us are not self-aware that there's actually so much opportunities around us. And uh, when you just open your eyes to it, you know, things you can achieve it's, it's crazy and honestly the film festival is a big testament to that Thank and you. uh a lot of things that we discussed in this conversation which i very much enjoyed thank you so much for being here i was very happy when you agreed to come sit and talk to me behind the mic so thank you so much thank Nina. you so much for having me of course thank you for creating this like comfortable and down-to-earth setting Thank you. That means a lot. That's important to me. I really hope that's the setting I'm creating and that's the environment that I'm providing for any, anyone who sits at the table. So thank you. Uh, that's thank the you. kind of conversation I want. So thank you. And honestly, um, I've I'm really like I'm I'm grateful for these opportunities to talk because it helps me to also reflect and be proud of myself because sometimes that's really hard when I'm already moving on to the next thing but to be proud and also humble at the same time. Because for me, for the longest time in my life, I always equated, equated like pride to like cockiness. 
but is it not? Like you can be proud and not cocky. You can be proud and humble at the same time. So, so yeah, thanks. Awesome, cool. Yeah, let's wrap up. We'll catch you in the next one. Thank you for tuning into New Light Network. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can listen to New Light Network on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For more content, follow us on Instagram at New Light Net and check out our YouTube for more clips and behind the scenes content. I'll catch you on the next one. This is Ani signing off. Peace.